0: All bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies,
1: disasters. That's bad things.
0: Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Happy birthday to me. <laughs> It's my birthday week episode. I'm Rachel.
1: And I'm David.
0: And this is All Bad Things. I realized that the other day. I was like, I think this is my birthday week episode. Oh,
1: I, I'm thinking in real time. You're thinking when this episode uh, yes. comes out. Okay. <laughs> like, wait, it's not. We're I'm recording like, no, it's this not.
0: almost exactly a week before my birthday. Uh, the big three-five. Basically middle-aged if I live to 70. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully right in the middle yeah <laughs> hopefully i'll make it past that although it'll depend <laughs> whether i want yeah to that again.
1: remains to be seen for all of us <laughs> who, are, who are not quite 70 yet
0: yeah. um i forgot to say last time rate review rescribe um and follow us at all bad things pod twitter insta facebook and all bad things pod at gmail.com
1: which is the best place to go if you have a suggestion.
0: That's right. We've been getting a fair number of emails. I actually have a couple for us. Oh, okay. Um, as well as a, an interesting review.
1: No one-star reviews this week?
0: <laughs> I, I try not to check too frequently. <laughs> um, there is a five-star review I would like to read. Oh, very Not just nice. because it's a five-star review, but because it's very interesting. So this is from, uh, you know, everybody uses, like, usernames or whatever. This is from... Handles. Yeah. Captain Bossy. <laughs>
1: nice.
0: Thank you for this podcast. Hmm. Awesome free media. Thank you for recognizing that. Well-researched and interestingly delivered. Oh, I appreciate that.
1: Interesting. Interestingly. Yes. No,
0: okay. Now, here's the the very interesting part. FYI, my brother sailed in the Dolphin Island or Gatta. Do Get you remember that? Get the fuck yeah. out of here. Yes.
1: That is the, uh, like, yacht race that turned in, like, they essentially did it during a hurricane. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that. Uh,
0: He uses an app called MyRadar and was monitoring it that day and decided to go back to Fairhope before finishing. Yes. Saved his life, I'm sure. A friend of his on another boat died, and it definitely affected him. I now use MyRadar daily. So there is a a tip for the sailing slash boating community, MyRadar. Check your weather. Before you go sailing, or just stay out of the water. But no. I understand some of you like go it. in the water always. <laughs> just
1: check up on things.
0: Just watch the weather. Apparently, so thank you, Captain Bossy, for both the five-star review and the interesting information. And yeah, I'm sure it did affect your brother. Yeah. That would be yeah. horrific. Yeah.
1: Um.
0: That's that's kind of like the. I was reading today about how they identify. Um, survivors of disasters as primary, secondary, and then like tertiary or something. Uh, basically like the farther removed from the actual event you are, but still you can experience trauma. Sure. Like I mean for for this person who uh, whose friend died, like first of all, they had a close call mm-hmm. right? If they hadn't seen that on their app, and hadn't decided to turn around just like think of the times that you've had a close call in the car right driving and how that leaves you feeling kind of shaken up except imagine that like on this level and then also like a secondary trauma of knowing somebody who died that's that's very traumatic mm-hmm. so yeah i will be talking a lot about trauma today unfortunately yeah um then we got a couple of emails um This we got a lot of comments about um, our our comments on how we don't know why smart people listen to us. (laughs) I I saw one of them. (laughs) Um, This is from uh, Beverly emailed us. Uh, She said, Rachel and David, good job on the first part of the tsunami episode. Looking forward to the second part. Hey, Beverly, we're here. Here's yes, the second part. Thank you. Um, also, I wanted to tell you that the reason smart people, like me, <laughs> listen to you guys is so that you can remind us of things like accidentally pressing that stupid browser button on our flip phones so that we could freak out about how much we were going to be charged for one second of internet <laughs> forget, access on a about. two-inch monochrome screen. <laughs> Stay cool, guys, Beverly.
1: <laughs> yes, I think the charge was $150. A <laughs>
0: basically felt like yeah. no, no, shit, shit. <laughs> thank you, Beverly. Yes,
1: thank you very much
0: all right and then this is from masha um, oh, okay masha uh, uh,
1: currently employed masha correct
0: yes she accepted a job yeah. yes congratulations masha um she actually sent us a really good email like of research on Not a specific topic, but rather the science of crowd crushes. Oh, okay. So we will absolutely be getting into that at some point, but I I don't want to get into that now because it's it's long and well done. So, Um, but she also emailed this. Um, she uh included some videos from the tsunami, Uh, some footage, Mm -hmm. you know, um. She said she was watching, a. oh, this was last Saturday before last, so I guess um, the Saturday before our first part of the tsunami came out. She said she was watching, I was watching a documentary about tectonic plates, and there was a brief mention of the 2004 tsunami, and for some reason, I guessed that was the next big topic you had talked about. Good guess, I think. So yeah, we've had a couple people who are right on Uh, track.
1: Go buy a lotto ticket.
0: I watched some videos of the tsunami and what was most unnerving that people taking the videos had no clue what was going on. Very true. Yeah. A lot of tourists, right? In one video, I noticed something someone had told me about tsunamis because he knew I was going on vacation in an earthquake prone region. A dark stripe at the horizon that becomes wider and wider. Which That's is okay. interesting. Yeah. The guy it's had very filmed... ominous
1: sounding as well.
0: Yeah. The guy had filmed the first tsunami wave, and he and his family were looking at the damage it had caused, but they obviously were as clueless as most tourists taking videos. And while they are still talking, I saw that stripe, which is the second tsunami wave approaching. The stripe is, aside from the water withdrawing, which, as you mentioned, doesn't always occur, was what I was told to look out for when on the beach, and if I saw it, to run for my life. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, that's that's I I didn't read about that. So a dark stripe on the horizon. That's yeah. the other thing. Run, 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 run. All right, what you drinking tonight?
1: I am drinking my national local beer.
0: I eschewed your. <laughs> she national turned down beer. my. I did. How dare she? It's the only alcohol in the house. How dare she? <laughs> Instead, I opted for my health aid kombucha. <laughs> I got it at Wegmans. It is the flavor this is the flavor holiday cheers
1: <laughs> yeah i'm sure i'm sure it tastes <laughs> it is awful. a
0: festive probiotic tea um it's supposed to have ginger allspice, chocolate and so, so much more
1: supposed to have so well, that's what it says so it in the means description. so it means it might not i'm gonna
0: try it <laughs> oh actually that's not bad at all yeah
1: uh, let me see i know this is gonna be terrible
0: no it's good
1: Actually, yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah. That's almost like a. That's almost like a ginger beer.
0: Mm-hmm. Way,
1: yes. to, way to go, kombucha!
0: <laughs> Healthy kombucha. It's my favorite kombucha. It comes in a pretentious little dark hipster bottle. It does. It costs like four bucks. It's it
1: comes ridiculous. in what a uh, medicine bottle used to look like a hundred yeah, years
0: ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, holiday cheers, everybody. Let's talk about terribleness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> next week. Oh, that's right because sod. our following
1: episode will Yay! be a miracle sode. And so then happy. and also following that, a party sode. Party sod.
0: Sod. Yes. Um I'll mention this now so I don't forget and then I will also mention it next week because our miracle sode is dedicated to Alex, our listener who's still yes. going through a really tough Absolutely. time. She sent a new GoFundMe link. So I need to um put that up on our facebook and social meets so. yes <laughs> i'm saying that to remind myself <laughs> sure and us yes yes all right so all righty. are we ready for
1: yeah, part two i yeah. guess so mm-hmm. we all know what's coming
0: <laughs> yes so just a reiteration of last week's uh Introduction on December 26, 2004, a high magnitude underwater earthquake in the Indian Ocean created a series of massive tsunamis that killed an estimated 230,000 people in 14 countries, making it one of the deadliest natural disasters in recorded history.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, the main sources, and there's a ton of them for this installment, include Business Insider, the World Health Organization, the Scientist Magazine. A research paper called Experiences in Tsunami Victim Identification mm. by Tsokos Lessig, Grundmann, Benthaus, and Shell. I may have written that wrong. Uh, the Centers for Disease Control. Nature.com. The Telegraph. New Scientist. The National Center for Bio- Biotechnology Information. Part of the National Institutes of Health. CNN. Wikipedia, of course. The Tsunami Evaluation Coalition the Federation of American Scientists, Deutsche Welle, a German media company, Asian Development Bank, LaSalle College, the Indian Institute of Technology, Kampur, Disaster Health, which is a former journal, BBC, and Science Daily. Okay. <laughs> Just trying to be thorough. I,
1: I said brown. You said brown? <laughs> it, it, it's a stupid joke.
0: What's that from?
1: It's from uh, Dude Where's My Car. Oh. <laughs> Because you literally name like twenty sources, Mm -hmm. like in a max maximum, I use like four.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, people have criticized me for sounding like a Wikipedia article. Fuck you. That's all the sources. So there, (laughs) just to prove it. All right. So last week we covered the actual literal magnitude of the earthquake and the tsunami in 2004 so just a quick refresher and of course as always we recommend if you haven't listened to part one not sure why you're listening to part two but i I suggest listening to part one first um so the earthquake was a record breaker right Mm -hmm.
1: uh
0: the longest recorded fault line in history the third nine point up to 9.3 between 9.1 and 9.3 right was the estimate of magnitude, so third most powerful. I guess I
1: meant third nine and above.
0: Oh, okay. In recorded. Well, history. I don't know. I don't know what number four was. If that was nine or, you, you just like to make things up. So I
1: don't. I'm saying there were three others that it was like very close to. Yeah. It was one of three.
0: <laughs> yes, but that doesn't mean that number four wasn't a nine point
1: Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> Is this what you mean when when you tell me to just play along? Sometimes yes. I'm sorry if it's inaccurate. I feel like I shouldn't.
1: We don't know if it's inaccurate or not.
0: But we don't know if it's accurate if we don't exactly.
1: know exactly. If... This isn't this isn't CNN.
0: <laughs> We're not hard hitting journalists. <laughs> we are not. <laughs> okay. The tsunami that followed killed an estimated 230,000 people in 14 countries, injured 125,000, causing and caused 44,000 to go missing, displacing 107. million i was gonna
1: say yeah um
0: so we'll be delving into these statistics and what they actually looked like that'll be this episode and we're going to start with the worst get the worst over with the dead and missing and unfortunately that was difficult so thousands of people
1: uh, hundreds Hundreds of thousands
0: So we've talked about the fact many times, including last week, for this disaster, that in major natural disasters, it's really hard to pin down the exact numbers of casualties, right? And in this case, it was even more so because people were literally swept out to open ocean. And good luck finding someone once they're on open ocean, right? Plus,
1: people who initially survived could have died a couple days later because they were mm-hmm. displaced somewhere. or just, We will get you know, into all of so. that,
0: Absolutely. Um, so, it, it, someone could be dead in the ocean, or dead, or alive and injured, washed up in a completely different area, like the kid we talked about, the yeah. 17-year-old.
1: He had to survive on his own for, like, three weeks yeah. or something?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what
1: I mean, like, if you wind up being, what are the odds he was going to make it through that? Right, yeah. yeah, he
0: did, but yeah, you're right, you're right. And... And then you add to that complication that literally thousands of dead and missing people weren't even in their home country. Mm-hmm. They were on holiday because this was right after Christmas. So as you can imagine, the task of identifying and properly disposing of literally tens of thousands of human remains was massive, massive. Now, in some cases, and we've seen this before, um, I, this reminded me, a lot of this reminded me of the Haiti earthquake. Okay. Because it was so, like, the scope, the fact that it was an earthquake, sure. a natural I mean, disaster, similar um, yeah, Haiti aftermath.
1: Yeah, Haiti got flattened, pretty much.
0: Yeah. So, in some cases, mass burials and cremations were carried out very quickly, resulting in multiple misidentifications or just non-identifications of bodies. And that helps explain at least some of those who were never identified or even are still listed as missing. Although, obviously, at this point, it's 15 years later. They're they're, they're dead. Yeah. Um, or I guess you could get super dramatic and assume that, like, if you were a criminal who wanted to start over... After <laughs> oh here you go here's an opportunity is it that feels like the plot of a movie?
1: It's probably the plot of several, but still, if you if you've got a quite the criminal mind, you're like hmm opportunity. I
0: guess so. That's a best case scenario, right?
1: But yeah, I mean, but could you imagine just being some person on vacation, getting killed in this thing, and just getting thrown in a mass grave or a mass burial somewhere? And I mean. <sighs>
0: I mean, you as the dead person would not care. No. But your family would have a lot of horrible stuff to deal with. Yeah.
1: Yes, that would would be awful. And they would never know.
0: Well, um, here's something interesting. Um, I read that in some cases, like in Thailand, locals identified bodies basically just based on their hair. (laughs) And they were like, oh, they have black hair. They're probably local. Oh, they have blonde hair. They're probably a foreigner. It's not a fail-proof method of, so I guess good luck if you were a you have, foreigner with black hair.
1: But when you have thousands of bodies laying around, it's I,
0: I'm not criticizing no, 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 it. No, I, no, I, I understand. understand it, but yeah. But, um, st- but
1: still, some people just vanished. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. And yeah,
1: never. I mean, that's that's sad.
0: There was, um there was a. Random movie that this was all reminding me of. Did you ever see Hereafter?
1: I do not. Recall. It It's like a
0: 2010 movie. Matt Damon.
1: No. It was about like
0: fate really? and really, yeah. It was weird. Um, but it had Matt it included, Damon.
1: <laughs> what was that for? <laughs> that's, that's from uh, Team America: World Police. <laughs> okay, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to have you watch that once, and you were just not. Oh, okay. Uh, You're know, you just, you just not getting it. So I was like, "All right, I'll stop."
0: <laughs> okay, I guess that's why I don't remember it. But the the main, like the leading lady in it, like they showed her swept up in the tsunami. Like that was part of the plot line. But anyway,
1: I don't know why I mentioned wait, that. No, 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 wait a second. No, that wasn't Matt Damon. I had that was you and McGregor. No. And Naomi Watts. No. They were in a movie about this though.
0: That's nice. That's not the movie I'm okay. talking about.
1: <laughs> and and uh the guy who currently plays Spider-Man was in it as a little kid. <laughs> What's little? Well, he was little.
0: And Andrew Garfield? No, no. Kurt,
1: that was the second Spider-Man. So, Tom Tom Holland was in it as a little kid.
0: <laughs> okay, that's not what I'm talking about. It's definitely Well, not now Damon. well, now I'm
1: trying to remember the name of that movie <laughs> that I saw with Naomi Watts. Ewan, Ewan Berger, McGregor and little, and a little kid. Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> little kid before he became Spider-Man.
0: I don't know what you're talking about. But you don't know w- what I'm talking about. I so. will look
1: it up. Okay. It, it, it is a movie that I've seen. It was actually pretty good, too.
0: Okay. <laughs> so I, I guess we should, yes, we
1: should move on from random movies. Sorry. Uh,
0: so uh, in some... Regions that were hit by the tsunami, such as the hardest hit Acha Province, right of Sumatra in Indonesia. Also,
1: the first hit, I believe. Yes, because yeah. it was the closest to the mm-hmm. epicenter.
0: That's correct. Uh, religious beliefs dictated the immediate burial burial of the dead. So it was like, no, you you, it's the it, it's just part of the culture. Is you no, know, you need to bury them right away. So that was part of it too. Um, Forensic teams from other countries obviously went to the countries affected to assist in victim identification, including many dentists, sure, for obvious reasons. Yeah, right? Sure. Um, in Thailand alone, at least six hundred workers from thirty other countries worked on identification. I mean, we're talking thousands of people. That's a. It becomes a weird like mass processing i mean it just has yeah. to be done right it has to be done quickly too bodies decay
1: and they quickly yeah
0: so uh and it so it is thought that the tsunami resulted in the largest multinational disaster victim identification effort in history
1: Yeah, that's not surprising. Because it's
0: modern, only modern times, right, really? Is this even a thing, disaster victim identification? And this was one of the biggest disasters, so that makes sense. In some cases, those who had been hastily buried were exhumed for identification, so that happened too. Interpol met in early January of 2005, so within like a week or two of, of the disaster, and emphasized the need to ensure proper identification protocol was followed. Makeshift morgues were set up as a collection place for victims' bodies, so they could be properly identified and processed. And there's just gonna be one dark picture this week. Mm, yeah. Bodies in bags. Yep. But just imagine this times two hundred thousand. They're pretty 000. much all
1: in sheets. They're not really even in bags.
0: I. It looks like plastic to me, but it may not be. Oh,
1: okay. it's hard to
0: tell hey. in that picture. Either Wrapped. Way,
1: either way, that's. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, it is. Let me flip that over.
0: Okay. (laughs) Because of how long of a process this was, the fact that these countries were located in very warm parts of the world, there were many obstacles to identification, including the fact that the bodies were rotting um, in the morgues that were not air-conditioned, which were most of the makeshift morgues out Ident- uh, oh, and uh, in some cases, dry ice was put on the bodies to try to slow sure. the putrefaction process. It generally didn't work, but identification was carried out using dental records, fingerprints, physical identification, like recognizing people's features, um, and DNA analysis. It was easier to identify adults than children because adults have more medical records, more information sure. to pull from
1: and, and our, like actual like identification again right like not necessarily like on ID, them right yeah.
0: yeah unfortunately it is estimated that about a third of all the victims of the tsunami were children mm. that's horrid yeah that's that's like eighty thousand plus children that's, yeah that's that's massive Obviously, the job of identifying victims was extremely taxing. I mean, can uh, even if you work in forensics, you're used to processing bodies, but this is on such a scale. If you get
1: through a person a day, like that's probably progress. And you're talking about, I mean, how do you identify that many people? You know,
0: and you're trying to do it as quickly as possible, Mm -hmm. but accurately, and still do your work. Yeah. A British dentist named Gareth Pearson, who helped identify victims in Thailand, said, and this is going to be a long quote, but I think it's important. We've all heard the stories of people who had babies torn from their arms, mothers deciding which child to hold on to and which to let go of. At the temple, at the airport, seemingly everywhere are pinned photographs of missing friends and relatives attached to descriptions and messages pleading for information regarding their whereabouts. The death the tsunami brought is a great leveler. It's a very humbling and belittling feeling to look at the indiscriminate nature of the victims, old men, mothers, children, and neonates, the complete spectrum represented. I didn't actually feel emotional until I boarded the plane home when I broke up a little. When you're working, you're just doing what needs to be done. It's when you're away from the scene that it hits you hard. Perhaps there's an unconscious protection mechanism that keeps you going. I think he's probably right. That's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. So that's a taste of like what it was like to experience that, which is obviously very traumatizing. To this day, there's a website called tsunamis.com. That's a like a very old-fashioned looking website, but it's a active message board of people who are li- still listed wow. as missing and contact information for their loved ones. Mm. Like if you hear of this person or know of this person, contact so-and-so. And it's active as in it's up. I don't know how active people are on it sure. anymore or how much is just, you know, like from 10 plus years ago. Um, As of right now, an estimated 43,786 people are technically missing. Obviously, mostly presumed dead at this point. Um, Very little hope of ever being found. And unfortunately, very little hope of ever giving any closure to their friends and family, which is just terrific.
1: I mean, for some of these people to be found, it'll it'll happen like 10,000 years from now Mm. in another ice age.
0: Right, maybe. And it'll
1: be like, oh, we found all this... Mm -hmm. that's how it'll be, yeah, it it's it is sad because that's that's forty three thousand you yeah,
0: said? almost forty four thousand people uh,
1: brothers, sisters, moms yeah. that that just don't know anything,
0: yeah, oh, well, that's just the missing people. They have hundreds of thousands in their network, obviously, mm. you know, so if you figure every person has hundreds of people who know them, really, yeah. you know that's horrible. so of course, obviously those who died suffered a horrible fate. But life was absolutely no picnic whatsoever for those who survived. Right. Yeah. Like that teenager that we talked about last week, um, who was not the only person to go through a a massive amount of of trauma. So because it's not entirely sure how many people died in the tsunami, it's also not really possible to completely accurately estimate how many people were affected by the tsunami. Right. Best guess is put it at somewhere around five million people millions literally millions of people and then if i would have
1: you, gone higher than that
0: right and then if you assume that about a quarter million of them were killed because that's a 230 000 dish that leaves 4.75 million people still reeling in the immediate aftermath and their experiences varied widely so some areas just saw property damage mm-hmm. right like places much farther out from the epicenter but that's still that's still devastating in its sure. own way, right? Not to belittle that. Um, if your home is damaged, your home is damaged. And just think about like how much something incredibly small can just stress you out. Like you blow a tire mm-hmm. and it just is a ripple effect to the rest of your day or your week. Well, this is like that to the nth degree, even just in property damage. And then obviously other areas nearest the epicenter, especially the Acha province, saw most of their village wiped out, their country horribly affected. Um, In in some cases, like a huge percentages of the population I saw. One, there were some villages, especially in Ache province, like 70% of their population gone like that. Sure. Imagine if 70% of Raleigh just died. That'd be horrific, horrific. Um, An estimated 141,000 homes were destroyed. Sure. Uh, displacing, as previously mentioned, an estimated 1.75 million people. So that many people suddenly homeless and traumatized is a humanitarian crisis on just an absolutely massive level. And it's also thought that the deaths were not evenly split amongst genders. An estimated 40,000 to 45,000 more women died than men. So that leaves even more motherless children. Sure. You know, and homes without caretakers and such, so.
1: Yeah, the the overall impact of this is...
0: <clears throat> <clears throat> it can't be overstated, basically, you know, and it can't be properly captured either.
1: Well, I mean, in looking at some of the videos, which I've looked at, unfortunately, I mean, there are whole places, whole villages, whole townships just gone.
0: Yeah, just and and
1: plus, well, I'm sure you'll get into the rebuilding phase and... Yeah, what happen- what happens what has to happen just in that regard is a monumental task?
0: Yes, absolutely. So most of those who did survive initially were met with extreme challenges to their subsequent survival. One particularly insidious part of the tsunami is the fact that it left huge amounts of standing water. Where there wasn't water before. And this became a breeding ground for infectious disease and a major draw to disease carrying mosquitoes, Um, malaria, cholera, diarrhea and resulting dehydration, dengue fever, tetanus, typhoid and pneumonia quickly became very real threats in the remaining local populations. Fortunately, relief agencies worked very quickly to provide bottled water to residents to help stave off waterborne illnesses. Because mm-hmm. if you're faced with either I don't drink and I die of dehydration in three days or I drink this potentially horribly infected water. I mean, what, maybe <laughs> I die, maybe I don't. At least I stand a chance, mm-hmm. you know, right. But um, fortunately, they actually did a lot to help prevent illness in the wake of this which is fantastic, and um, it what could have been a really, like, a secondary horrible thing was mostly um, staved off from what I could tell because I didn't uh, – there was lots of risk and not a huge amount of, like, resulting statistics.
1: Well, that, that was the drawback of – One of the uh, maybe it was the Haitian earthquake, but one of the episodes we did, there was a huge uptick in cholera right after it was
0: Haiti. I think think it was right. I think you might be right on that Mm -hmm. because
1: I mean, people that survived the initial earthquake had no infrastructure to turn to. Mm -hmm. So,
0: absolutely.
1: So, that is a and that's probably what a large amount of people were thinking like, hey, most of these people are dead. We've got to make sure from here on out, nobody else dies. So we've got to get a clamp on, you know, not spreading diseases and things like that. Right,
0: right, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Now, this is all happening before Haiti, just to... Mm
1: -hmm. um, Oh, yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm.
0: Yep. Um, Now, there was something that did take hold in some people called... It was a type of aspiration pneumonia that was dubbed tsunami lung um, that was experienced by some survivors. So basically... People who had survived the tsunami tsunami had been whipped around in the sludge of water that we talked about last week, which was just teeming with all sorts of who knows what type of germs in Ugh. it, right? So when you, when you accidentally breathe that in, mm-hmm. which while you're being <laughs> tossed about in yeah, a giant you have, wave... You don't have much
1: control over.
0: Right? They would aspirate it, right? It would get in their mm-hmm. lungs get bacteria in their lungs and result in pneumonia. Um, And in some cases, because entire infrastructures had been completely wiped out, um, they couldn't get antibiotics to some people fast enough. And same goes for safe drinking water in some areas and other essential medical treatment. Um, And then remember, an estimated 125,000 people were injured and needed medical attention as a result. Um, So, ultimately, those who died not during the tsunami, but in its aftermath, are generally included in the death toll. So, it's hard to parse out.
1: Hmm.
0: Now, I say that, you know, they were largely able to control, like, infectious disease deaths and such. But there was some conflicting information on this. But I couldn't find anything concrete that backed this up but what at least one source said it was possible that up to and they had this figure 150,000 people died in the aftermath as a result of infectious disease but yeah, i couldn't again, find the i couldn't find the ultimate source of that so i'm not sure i it's uh, you know i i'm a little doubtful of that because of like, I couldn't... Because that same source put the injuries at half a million people, and everything else I saw said 125. So it just it just seemed off that source, and I couldn't find it anywhere else. Um, uh, one source said that possibly hundreds of people died in Thailand in the immediate aftermath as a result of infection and injuries. So maybe it's somewhere more in the middle. Uh, obviously, in the aftermath of... In the chaos that ensued, it's hard to get a handle of what really happened. Oh, sure. Because you can imagine that. Oh, how, how would they even keep track of this information at this point? I mean, it would just be impossible. So I don't know. I feel like the hundreds is maybe closer than the 150,000. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I honestly mean, don't know. I, we'll never know. No? Yeah. So now we're going to get into money side of this Speci- specifically specifically <laughs> specifically you sound fine. like
1: a sebastian Aho.
0: <laughs> oh yes yes i put the puck into into the net oh Aho, who got a hat trick the other night no
1: and uh yes and had two goals last night
0: yay and
1: uh has hit 100 career goals
0: oh at 21 22, 22. oh
1: he's, he's the, such an old man he's the youngest <laughs> uh player in hurricanes history to do that oh
0: him he but seems some, so nice but somebody
1: said on twitter mm-hmm. i have a feeling that record's going to be broken pretty soon
0: mm. spatch mm-hmm. mm-hmm yep uh, <laughs> this and, has been it, hockey this chat has been, <laughs> this has been kane's corner
1: because we're talking about death and not being able to identify people
0: <laughs> we need a little bit of break let's identify people
1: that can score five goals in two games on an nhl level it's nicer yes
0: um anyway so the rest of the world responded in both the short and longer term with billions in aid to the countries affected by the tsunami, donating an estimated verifiable 14 billion U.S. dollars within wow. the first year of the okay. disaster. So the disaster itself is fought. And again, this is just estimates like it's hard to pin this down exactly to have cost roughly 15 billion dollars so that came actually pretty close to covering it
1: but we're not counting
0: administrative
1: i wouldn't be surprised if this thing costs like a trillion dollars Uh, yeah i mean mean,
0: this is probably direct damage versus like lost wages lost productivity stuff like that so um wow now i say verifiable because it's actually probably much more than that it's just that this was the amount 14 billion could be directly traced, as in this money made it to exactly what it was supposed to go to. This money,
1: for sure, would have gone to this area.
0: Yes. So chances are it's actually much higher. It's just that this was verifiable, you know. Um, So it's, yeah, it's not that much uh, much more was actually given, and this is a major underestimate, but as far as government aid goes, 99 countries offered aid. Good. Which is like half of the countries in the world. It's a, that's that's massive. Um, and while the number given by each country isn't a fair comparison, like uh, who gave the most money? Well, some countries are really tiny. Some countries are huge. You know, it's hard to tell. If you go by percentage of GDP, so that's a little bit more comparable to like the size, Australia was actually the most generous okay as far as the government goes uh they gave over a billion u.s plus, dollars
1: plus this is also before you could text
0: mm-hmm. a donation sometimes i think you read my mind because i get oh. to that later <laughs> oh, okay. um so that's for a government response um private companies also donated the top donor was pfizer pharmaceutical company they gave 10 million us dollars plus 25 million in medicine but of course because i couldn't just say yay pfizer had to piss on their little parade a little bit because corporations which we know i hate um (laughs) So before we get too bowled over by their generosity, I did look at their SEC filings for um, the year, fiscal year 2004, which happens to also be a calendar year. And yes, I did take courses in accounting that helps me read financial reports and, and analyze them. And uh, in the year 2004, they made a net profit. Oh, wow. Can I, 11- can I guess? Uh-huh. Oh, sorry.
1: You already said 11 something.
0: $11.3 billion. Oh, so... Net
1: net profit, net meaning profit. it went literally into their pocket.
0: Yeah, so thirty-five million, not quite a drop in the bucket when you're making eleven point three billion with a B. It's less than a percent, so.
1: It's literally buying uh, credibility. Yes, I mean, really, that's yeah. all it's doing. They're like this is thirty-five million, it's like whatever. Our CEO like has that under his couch somewhere, basically.
0: And yeah. they were the top
1: corporate donor. Meanwhile, we can get all of our drugs into the company and into the countries. and
0: mm-hmm. they They broke down also in their annual report um, which of their medications were the most profitable.
1: I'll bet they did.
0: Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> but
1: they gave that $35 million out of the kindness of their heart.
0: Sure. <laughs> oh, um, book recommendation Winners Take All The Elite Charade of Changing the World by an... Anon Adnan... <laughs> that's not his last name. We'll call him Anon. Anon or Anon
1: Okay. Something. Okay. Yeah.
0: The Silver Fox.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Very handsome man. Um, but it's it's a great book. I recommend it. I'm still reading it, but it is good so far, and kind of explains why we're so fucking cynical about this. Anyway. About a third of government funds went to a broader United Nations fund to be dispersed. Sure. So that makes sense when you're trying to like, OK, how do we get a clearinghouse for this
1: internationally? Yes.
0: Then the United Nations then, makes sense.
1: That isn't illegal.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, And there are um, there
1: plenty of traders like we, like we can handle this like this is <laughs> yeah. like, a, like a day's business. Right? They're like, no, we, not this time.
0: It has, um, to, has
1: to look legit. <laughs>
0: About a third of the funds—government again—we're talking about government funds—went uh, directly to other governments and government agencies. A quarter to NGOs, so mostly like nonprofits and such. And about fifteen percent went to the Red Cross or Red Crescent movement, which is like the international version-ish of the Red Cross. So now, the most remarkable part of the financial response was not the government response, not corporate response, but individual private response so private citizens private donations um, and how generously just everyday people gave so of the 14 billion given somewhere in the ballpark of about 5.5 billion was given by pri- by private citizens wow yeah um, and most of the
1: <laughs> that's a ton of money it's
0: it's and we'll get into how much that is but most of us who are around at the time probably remember that and the pleas for donations maybe we even gave.
1: I think it did. Mo- I'm I sure it did. Cool, of- well, Because that was did. a time where they would just flash an 800 number on screen. Right. And you would call it.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, yes. Um, I, <laughs> fun personal, um, been named banter. Fun personal,
1: fun person. <laughs>
0: fun personal, fun person. <laughs> in, uh this was right after my 20th birthday. Living in Miami. Still going to church. I was a churchgoer for... The first quarter of a century of my life um uh my sister was sort of had spearheaded this and then i of course would go along with whatever my big sister wanted to do as far as projects go um she set up a, a weekly coffee house at our church basically she just wanted a venue for us to be able to play music and it worked um it sounds like your sister yes and I was on piano, she was on guitar, and our pastor's youngest son, Joel, was on drums. And, uh, we called it the Offbeat Cafe, <laughs> and we were the offbeats. <laughs> and one week <laughs> after the tsunami, this is getting somewhere, I promise. One week after the tsunami, we decided that all of, because we, we didn't make a profit off of the coffee house. We donated all the proceeds to the church. And this one week, we decided that it was all going to go to the tsunami. Relief. So we did have a fundraiser, um, and all of our songs that week were themed on, like, hope, and we did a song called, I think it was Everything's Not Lost by Coldplay.
1: Oh, I know that song. Okay,
0: yeah. And Ooh Child by Nina Simone.
1: Uh, Did you do Flood by Jars of Clay? No,
0: (laughs) that would have been... (laughs) Horrible.
1: That was the only Horrible. That was the only Christian rock reference I could think of, but it just happened to be the worst title. Hopeful songs. (laughs)
0: Hopeful! Anyway, so we had a fundraiser at the offbeat cafe for tsunami relief. And even on The Office in the first season, or maybe it's technically the second season, they talk about having a tsunami fundraiser. As opposed to fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Fundraiser that managed to lose money because Michael Scott. So <laughs> in case anybody remembers that episode. Any- oh, So how
1: much did the church wind well up giving? Do you know?
0: I don't remember how much we raised. I feel like it was over 100. I mean, we're talking a tiny church. At that point, we were kind of... The church ended up basically being taken over by the denomination and run out of business. <laughs> it was so small. <laughs>
1: Joel Osteen ate it. <laughs>
0: Well, it was a different city, but anyway. Um, In the era of the megachurch, small churches do not do very well, but that's another bad thing. So I wrote right in here, giving by smartphone or even text wasn't quite a thing back then, nor were smartphones. So exactly what you were saying. It's not like you could text. In fact, the uh, Haiti earthquake was the the first first one. Yep, basically. Because for like the
1: first... 10 disasters that happened in 09 right. 2010 I was just like yeah $10 whatever mm-hmm. and then you it was very easy to and do. then you saw reports a couple years later like where that yeah. money goes and you're like okay I'm going to stop doing yeah, it
0: yeah that was that was um, not because I
1: don't want to give $10 cuz I don't want it to get funneled through this organization
0: right so at that point giving was done by calling in literally calling yeah, or websites there oh, were website true. donations um or via the good old fashioned telethon. Oh, do you remember yeah, oh the nine yeah. eleven telethon? I do.
1: I, I like guess heroes
0: I, and hope, or I something. I guess I
1: kind of remember that there was one, but I don't mm-hmm. think I watched it, or I think
0: I did, or at least watched okay. part of it. But there was one for this. It was uh, it was aired on January fifteenth, two thousand five. Was hosted by one George Clooney. Oh. Um, And it was called Tsunami Aid.
1: Talk about a silver fox.
0: (laughs) I've never liked George Clooney. (laughs) He's such a smug son of a bitch. He married up to... Anyway. (laughs) I don't know. I have a lot of disdain for George Clooney. I'm not sure why. This
1: is the disdain episode. (laughs) Because we don't want to talk about the reality of what's happening.
0: Oh, well, just, just you wait. So he hosted Tsunami Aid, a concert of hope. Because ever since Live Aid, the concert for Bangladesh, it's just kind of a thing. True. I guess you
1: don't see telethons anymore, do you? Because there was one. There was one for Katrina. I remember watching that.
0: I I think they do like the concert idea. It's just different now. They'll they'll put them on Twitter. You know, like they'll air it on Twitter. It's not really true. And you just text your donation, or not even text. Like you app your donation. That's not a word.
1: You think about the donation (laughs) because somebody's come up with that technology. Already. We just don't know it.
0: Yeah. Um but uh so just a side note, uh at in this telethon, current then current president, President GW, baby Bush, was on it, former president Bill Clinton, and then unbeknownst future president Donald Fuckface Trump, um, was also on it because what was relevant in two thousand four, two thousand five the, the Apprentice. Apprentice. Yeah. Again, they make reference to The Apprentice a couple times in the office, which is all fun and games back then. Little did we know. <laughs> Hashtag thanksFuckface. All right. <clears throat> private donations went overwhelmingly to the Red Cross and other NGOs. Obviously, people don't really donate to the government, so those nonprofits that were taking private donations. Mm. Um In all, the private donations to tsunami relief were the biggest by dollar amount in history to that point. So it was an overwhelming private response
1: and less than a year later katrina happens which yeah. i'm sure the donations got bigger for that i would think who knows
0: that was not a global disaster it's that was true. in one city in one state basically well not i shouldn't say that that's not true and i'm not saying it wasn't devastating it's just it was not a global disaster this was
1: it was certainly international news though oh
0: yes absolutely Um, The Tsunami Evaluation Coalition states that the major factors that motivated such unprecedented giving included the, quote, huge and blameless natural disaster. Sure. Which makes sense, right? Absolutely.
1: There's nothing... Mm -mm. Nobody did anything wrong. Mm
0: -mm. Nope. Even... Not
1: even the Earth did anything wrong. It
0: just happened, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, that's the thing. People twist things like Katrina to say oh, all oh, those people should have evacuated, where we know that was a much more complicated situation than that. But still, you know, there were, like, ways that people could be racist and blame people. This was a lot more just, like... Plus, there were some white people involved. That always helps with Westerners. In
1: this, it was harder to be racist and blame people.
0: Yeah, basically. <laughs> plus, there were a lot of people not, on... holiday.
1: Not, not that somebody didn't try.
0: <laughs> but there were a lot of white people on holiday, too. So there were. If this had all been people of color, I'm not sure how exact. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm just.
1: No, the the sheer death toll alone.
0: Sure was. Was
1: just so astounding. Mm -hmm. I mean it, and plus it affected.
0: Right. How How many many, countries, how many
1: people? I mean, there Uh was, yeah. Lots of
0: ripple effects, no pun intended. Um, They also said the fact that it happened so close to Christmas, so people were in Mm -hmm. kind of a giving spirit in time. Oh, and side note, as a tax preparer, this was right before the end of the year when everybody's trying to get their tax-deductible donations in, just to give a little cynical side of it. Um, If
1: you're planning on going to Indonesia for Christmas this year, make sure your taxes are done first, is what (laughs) she's trying to say.
0: You can't do your taxes before the end of the year. It doesn't work like that. Estimate them. You can estimate them, but you should have estimated them before.
1: See how much I've learned? But
0: your Q4 payment isn't due until January 15th, so you still got some time on that. Yeah. Okay. That's been Tax Corner. (laughs) Um, The fact that a lot of Western tourists were killed was part of the motivation that they cited. Um, And that there was so much media coverage, including very compelling footage. So that, you know.
1: That's all you saw for about a week straight. Yeah.
0: So it is estimated that one third of the United States population donated to tsunami relief, which is massive. And that's just the U.S. That's That's just the U.S. That's
1: roughly 100 million people back then.
0: Yeah. That's huge. And if you figure kids aren't generally donating, at least little kids, that even puts it at a greater percentage of the adult population. So. so as far as boots on the ground goes, the main coordination efforts were led by the United Nations Office for the Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs. And there are obviously multiple phases to recovery efforts. First, just making sure everybody's immediate needs were met, right? Keep people safe. Get them access to infrastructure, sanitation, housing, food.
1: After, especially, like, we've learned this in, sadly, we've learned this in warfare over the past, oh, this whole century. Mm -hmm. The main thing when uh, a disaster like this happens is you have to reestablish order almost right away.
0: Mm -hmm. You have
1: to have sanitation. You have to have these sorts of things so people don't freak out. Because well, that's going to make it even worse.
0: Yes, no, that's so are, true, but also just to people need these needs. No, right, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so yes, that that think, is the main thing after mm-hmm. something like this happens.
0: And then obviously there would have to be a second phase mm-hmm. of more full recovery. Yeah. Like let's get things back to normal, back to up and yeah. running.
1: But for for the from the get go, let's let's make things manageable right. for now.
0: Now, it was actually kind of hard to find specifics about the rebuilding and the actual aid on the ground because. It was mostly reported by individual organizations so i would have had to look at like the red what the red cross Uh, did and what uh you know the world health organization did and what you know every individual agency and and ngo did so this is going to be a little bit more of a broad overview suffice it to say they rebuilt like that's this is 15 years ago this happened it worked like but i'm going to get into some details based on the areas that were most affected so Obviously, Indonesia, more more specifically Sumatra, and even more specifically the um, Acha province, was the worst off in the immediate aftermath because of how close it was to the epicenter. Remember that 167-foot wave we talked about? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus. So more than a year after the tsunami, significant numbers of people were still without secure housing and living in temporary living centers or tent cities. A 2007 study revealed, very unsurprisingly, that a whopping 83.6 percent of the population of the Acha province suffered from psychiatric illness.
1: I, yeah, that's not. I'm again. It's, I'm not surprised. I'm surprised. It's not 100. percent
0: It's not surprising, but psychiatric illness is different than just PTSD. Like, sure. it's that's major, and that's. Uh, you're right. It's not surprising, but it's still a huge number. It's horrific. It's absolutely horrific. Um, and, and you don't go through the 167 foot wave <laughs> without being scarred for life, basically, which is exactly what happened. Plus, it it, it you, you've you lived through a 167 foot wave that like wiped out all the infrastructure in your town or village or whatever and killed like 100,000 plus people in your area. Like, d- you don't come back from that 100%. You rebound as best you can, but certainly not that soon after. Um by the by 2014, so 10 years after, the province had largely rebuilt infrastructure, businesses and housing. Interestingly, it kind of changed the how things looked there, like the as opposed to being um, more of the like that structures that had been up before, there were a lot more sort of Western-looking building developments, cookie-cutter houses, because they had to be built quick. And so building just like, okay, here's the floor plan. We build it thousands of times. That's kind of what it is. So there's... Um, I actually have a picture of this. Remember that horrible flooding that we saw in the Banda, mm-hmm. in Banda Acha? This is... It kind of looks like an American neighborhood, at least partially.
1: But hey, I mean, it,
0: it, I'm not saying that like it's no, that a terrible no, thing or anything. Not at all. It's
1: just they uh, they Levittowned it.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Kind of like a planned.
1: Now, hopefully, they used better. Hopefully, they used better materials and things. But but now you can nowadays you can. <laughs> this is crazy. You can three D print a house. Yeah, but it's, so
0: again, remember that the the main protection from a tsunami has nothing to do with with like building codes. It's, that is true. It's because the thing out. it's not gonna nothing will withstand a hundred sixty seven foot wave.
1: Do know what? Uh, as far as like a safety measure comes of this, and I, you'll yeah, probably we're, get we're, to we're, it. Yes, I will. So I I'm will. Not, I'm not going to mention it.
0: I will. <laughs> <laughs> it's the last thing I talk about. You keep <laughs> you keep jumping ahead
1: but, but I, i'm trying not to say the thing
0: <laughs> the warning system yes we're going to get to that
1: uh, yeah
0: <laughs> okay um so now some people did remain near the coast especially those whose livelihoods depended on fishing you don't have much of a choice you know you got to make a living that's your living you live near where you work but some people obviously make sense um settled farther inland like okay i've had enough i don't have to be near the coast let me move inland so who could blame them uh despite the obvious mental and emotional toll the islamic faith that is the primary religion of the region um actually offered solace to a lot of people so hey whatever gets you through the night it's all right in the immortal words of john lennon so one interesting, unforeseen consequence of the tsunami and the rebuilding was politics. Specifically, ACHA had a history of political tension and conflict since 1976 as a result
1: of Not surprising. of
0: the clash between um, more conservative Isla- Islamic uh, factions and more liberal Islamic factions. And... Uh, the tsunami caused a ceasefire. They're like, okay, like, all bets are off right now. (laughs) We have
1: better things to worry about. Yeah, we
0: have some other shit to deal with right now. And then in the wake of all of this, the international community was like, hey, guys, can we shake hands here? Because, like, there's other shit to deal with. And so um, in August of 2005, a peace accord was signed. And while there's still plenty of tension and conflict in the area... Um, and potential for future conflict, apparently, um, the agreement has stood. So it actually kind of brought Good. an end to <laughs> conflict, An end to like stupid almost shit. Almost 30 years of conflict, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Thailand had an additional economic obstacle to overcome the loss of tourism because uh, the beaches of Phuket and such.
1: That's a heavy industry. For, it is a for major that, yeah. industry,
0: and then a bunch of tourists die I mean, we're talking like half the death toll, like 2,000 people of the 4,000-ish were tourists. So that's obviously going to put you off visiting the area, right? So um, so within the next two years, tourism dropped by about 26%. And that's, that's significant. That's huge. It's, that's significant, especially when you're talking dollars, right? Yeah. Now, once through, they got through sort of the early stages of recovery, Thailand took a different approach than a lot of the other countries affected and sort of brought recovery back in-house, less um, of other governments and NGOs working and a little bit more of the government of Thailand working. <clears throat> um, the national government invested heavily, especially in the private business sector to the tune of about one and a half billion dollars. So I think their their strategy was um, investing in innovation, I guess, and investing in the private sector to rebuild itself.
1: And also investing in their people. Like yeah. let's let's rebuild this ourselves.
0: Yeah. hmm Yeah.
1: And putting the money, you know. On the line to do it so
0: and not i'm not going to get too deep in the economics of this but basically at this point there had been prior to the tsunami uh, a sort of happenstance dip in uh, the cost of construction there was basically a low market demand for for construction at the time that's gone yeah and and, <laughs> and interestingly due to some other economic factors The increase in demand to rebuild didn't actually cause the prices to go up, which is unusual. But there was some... I'm not going to go into the deep economic um,
1: explanation of it. That's unusual in Florida.
0: (laughs) Well, Florida's Florida's not Thailand. (laughs) Florida's not anywhere else. But um, so that kept construction costs low, which made it easier to rebuild. Sure. So... And contributed to a faster recovery. And then the government also invested heavily in tourism. Like, come visit Thailand, really? No, seriously? And uh, starting in 2007, when the warning system was put in place, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, uh, the tourism went on the rebound and ended up hitting uh, an all-time high in 2013. So hmm. it's recovered. Uh, Sri Lanka saw massive damage to infrastructure and housing, and it was difficult and slow to rebuild. Miscommunication and difficulty coordinating between NGOs and the Sri Lankan government, complicated recovery efforts. And then there was the little complicating factor that the tsunami happened in the middle of a years-long civil war. So while 30,000 people was a lot of people to die at once... The estimated death toll from this civil war that lasted from 1983 to
1: 2009... So it's kept going even yes, after this. Yes,
0: yes. Is estimated to be as high as 100,000. So not that 30,000 people all at once isn't terrible, but this, this is a country that's kind of used to losing people. So... Um, there was a lot of different things to be pissed off and depressed at in this country at the time. And while economic growth was actually pretty high through the 2000s and into the 2010s, there's still a lot of challenges facing Sri Lanka, most of which have nothing to do with the tsunami, regardless of the devastation it caused. So it's almost like yeah, Sri Lanka has some, enough other problems to worry about, mm. from what I could tell. Now, India is obviously a very large, very highly populated country, and even though the devastation caused by the tsunami was massive, it was only along the coast and overall represented a very small portion of the country itself and the population. So there was plenty of relief supplies that were handed out quickly and efficiently to those affected, though the government did not do a good job at ensuring people that there were plenty of supplies, so in some areas there was the perception that they were running out of supplies and so people got into scraps and such because of that so and that's all i kind of have about india so remember not a journalist there's lots more information out there for those who want to dig Uh, basically 15 years later infrastructures and economies have by and large successfully rebuilt like
1: that's uh, that's incredible this
0: this was a successful recovery effort um not the least of which was uh contributed to by immediate and generous responses from the rest of the world you know it's kind of that um when you get a bunch of Humans together, we can do some pretty amazing things. We can do some pretty horrific things too. But when we do amazing things, it's pretty awesome. So let's just do more awesome things, and less Absolutely. hideous things. Now, the lasting, the last remaining effect is the most devastating, which is the emotional and mental toll. In the hard-hit Andaman and Nicobar Islands, uh, which is just north of uh, the Atcha Province. PTSD, adjustment disorder, depression, panic disorder, and other mental disorders were observed, like, in most of the kids there. Uh, a large-scale study four and a half years after the disaster showed in you no, know, this is adult population— and this is not just the Enderman and Nicobar Islands. Um, a prevalence rate of 27.2% of psychiatric disorders and 79.7% of psychological symptoms. Specific phobias were especially present. I imagine that being something like, I am deathly afraid of water now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or the ocean or the beach or whatever. Like, I can't look at it without panicking, which I think that's what, how I would feel. Um, also, agoraphobia. Which is, you know, you kind of want to just stay in your... I mean, I'm oversimplifying it. But, like, um, not wanting to leave your house. Basically, is an extreme form of agoraphobia. Social anxiety disorder. I mean, I imagine sure. you just be looking over your shoulder the rest of your All life. All the time. Yeah. PTSD and major depression. And there's no good recovery from that, ever. So, basically. And uh, this was prevalent in children, too. And we're only talking 15 years ago. So, this will affect... The human population for decades more
1: yeah because those children are all young adults now
0: yeah mm -hmm. yeah so So they've got a lot of years ahead of them mm -hmm. to deal with all this so yeah so uh yes remember how last week we talked about how there was a pacific ocean tsunami warning system that was built after the 1964 prince william sound earthquake but there wasn't a similar system in the Indian Ocean at the time of the tsunami. Well, guess what they did after this disaster? They built one. Can I take oh. a guess? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was, I was kidding. You already Ill-timed. said Ill-timed. Go ahead. Do your little jokes.
1: No, I'm, I'm good.
0: Do, do, your, do your little routines. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Shecky.
1: <laughs> go ahead, What?
0: A Shecky, Shecky Green. He was like an old timey the... Catskill comedian. Take my wife, please. Don't. Oh, okay. That sort of thing.
1: Yeah, the one liners. Go
0: ahead, do your do your good fellows, do your good fellows routine. I
1: was going to, but now I can't. Is that
0: really what you were gonna do? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> that was a uh, Henny Youngman.
0: Uh huh. <laughs> so in an instance of serendipitous timing. The Second World Conference on Disaster Reduction was held from January 18th to the 22nd, 2005 in Kobe, Japan. This was going to happen anyway, just a few weeks after. Um, So because it was so soon after the tsunami, the conference took on a particularly urgent tone amongst the 4,000 attendees. It was also a better attended conference because of this disaster.
1: Yeah, I'm guessing. Yep.
0: One of the top items on the agenda was developing a global tsunami warning system as part of the broader international early warning program. And the resulting system was the Indian Ocean tsunami warning and mitigation system. So the system was built swiftly and was operational by June 2006, which is why um, Thai tourism went up after 2006 because they were like, hey, we now have have a a warning warning system. system. (laughs) And that was a big selling point. So the system consists of 25 seismographic stations and six deep ocean assessment and reporting of tsunami buoys, also known as DART buoys. So the main idea of how this all works, and here's a fun little diagram for you. Uh, I've
1: actually seen uh, Modern Marbles. Is that a history channel? That is history channel. I saw... uh, one of their documentaries on putting the system together. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Is that what you were going to bring out? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So the idea is there are these sensors down mm-hmm. on the on the ocean floor.
1: Pretty much to judge seismic activity yes. only.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: There's always going to be, because like yes. we said, the plates shift and move mm-hmm. all the time. But when there's a spike where there shouldn't be,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where there's some abnormal abnormality.
0: There's also something else that these um, recorders do. It's a bottom pressure recorder. So it is recording how much weight the water is pushing down on it. Obviously, because of peaks and troughs and waves, that varies the weight of the water. And through that variation, it can determine if there's a dangerous wave, a potentially dangerous wave forming. So, And these sensors uh, transmit to these dart buoys, and those buoys uh, transmit out to to... a satellite uh iridium satellite and then to the seismographic stations so that's what that is and that's all pretty cool because it can give a very early warning of potentially dangerous waves
1: i believe it said the it can give up to 15 minutes of warning time which is that's a lot well, of time well
0: it, it totally depends on where yes the warning is being given yep. what's more accurate is how soon after a wave forms or an earthquake can it give warning and it's within five minutes yep. so it's, it's pretty quick and the system was put to the test in 2012 when another earthquake struck almost the exact same place just off the coast of Acha. Um, fortunately, only about 10 people died in that earthquake. I mean, it sucks for the 10 people, but, you know, compared to this. But... Um... So within eight minutes, not quite the five, but within eight, uh, tsunami warnings were issued in 25 separate countries. Now, kind of ironically, um, some of the siren warnings in Acha itself were delayed about 20 minutes because of a power failure because of the, oh,
1: <laughs> the um, earthquake. Sure. Yeah.
0: Um, And then these warnings, unintended consequence, caused an immediate traffic jam because everybody was like, fuck and driving out. Um, Fortunately for everybody, nothing happened. There was no tsunami. And so they canceled the warning and everything was okay. But here's hoping that if, or should I say when, another earthquake strikes the area, the warning system will do its job. And that, my friends, is the story. And not the whole story, but part of the story of the 2004 Indian Ocean tsunami and earthquake, technically. Earthquake and tsunami.
1: That is, uh, that's just a terrible story. I, I just keep thinking of going on vacation and then dying while I'm on vacation, which would, wouldn't be the it's, worst it, way. It's
0: a, it's, a, I mean, it's a double-edged sword, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
1: <laughs> it wouldn't be the worst way. Do you what?
0: want to die at work? I mean, no, no, nobody would, wants yeah, to. That, that would just suck. Right? Um... Yeah, I know. It's it, See, that's the thing. That's always the thing, though, is... Like, death is worse for the living. It just is. I mean... it's true. I mean, I guess it depends on how you feel about potential afterlife and whatnot. But, um, well, then, you know... Then it
1: definitely makes it worse for the living.
0: Well, not if you go to hell. Some uh, people believe that. Sure. So that would be pretty bad. But it's like, you know... Funerals are for the living. Memorial services are for well. Some people believe in ghosts and spirits. I'm trying to be too sensitive to everybody's beliefs. Basically, it's really it's it's really hard to live through something like this, you know. That's and that that trauma is just ugh, unimaginable, frankly, for me.
1: I think a lot of Americans sort of for, not forgot completely, but put this disaster on the back burner because Katrina happened. Did, like eight eight months, months later. later. Mm-hmm. And that's where all our – like, holy – like, a major American city is gone.
0: Not to mention that was a very active Atlantic hurricane Mm -hmm. season. So, yeah, that was – yeah, I I know we in South Florida were very distracted that summer because we had, like, three separate hurricanes Mm -hmm. go through. So, yeah. Yeah. so you're right, but it, this was, I mean, we're talking a disaster of historic proportions. Yeah. So, and.
1: A- and you, I think, did you say there were 99 countries that gave aid? Yeah. I'm going to guess every single one of those countries had at least one person that died. I mean, think of how many people 240 or 230,000 people is.
0: Oh, man, I didn't put that statistic in. I feel like I read about what the nationalities oh, okay. of every. I forget what it was. Google it, everybody. It's
1: quite a bit. <laughs> quite a <laughs> few. A lot of people. Um, but, yeah. Like, again, like, of course, because we've been doing a two-part or so, I've been watching videos here and oh, there man. on this, like, all week, and I'm like, you just, you literally, in some videos, you see people like, oh, they got swept away, then it's That's, just safe to assume that they're dead.
0: There are pictures of, like, bodies mm-hmm. washed up. The, the whole thing about where I was reading about the identification of the bodies, they showed pictures of some of the bodies decaying. Uh, it yeah, was pretty bad. Yeah. Um Yeah.
1: But Sebastian Sebastianaho Sebastian <laughs> has one hundred and one career goals now. Oh well, there
0: you go. Which
1: is much better than two hundred and thirty thousand people dying in a earthquake slash tsunami. It,
0: it is better. And if anyone again Anyone's like, "Oh, I wish they would stop bantering." Well, why don't you sit and talk about this fucking depressing shit for an hour without having to to feel for it? Yes, some way
1: or to somebody else. Yeah, well, like we do it.
0: But you know, so they can go fuck themselves. (laughs) Like the idiot who listened to easy listening music in my office building today with the fucking Uh... door open. Close your fucking door. Listen to better music.
1: And it's not even tax season yet, folks.
0: <laughs> this is my easy season. This is my, oh, pre-preparing. So, oh, next week. Yes? Next week, Miracle Sewed that I am super excited about. It's going to be so fun. <laughs> no, my, my own voice made me laugh there.
1: And the week after that party is sewed. our New Year's Eve Party Sewed. Whereas this just started last year, this is this will be our second annual party zone. Oh yeah! It's basically a tragedy that happened where nobody got killed, and it's just something that's kind of dumb.
0: Dumb disasters are fun. Yeah, it's fun, and, and especially
1: when nobody dies. And
0: it's not set in Ohio, it so is not. nobody can get pissed at us for that.
1: No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even drinking. I am drinking kombucha.
1: I know. I'm getting scared and worried. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway so, so to end it there that was the 2004 indian ocean tsunami yep slash earthquake yeah I guess.
0: earthquake and tsunami earthquake that's correct tsunami. i just went ahead and like i know the tsunami is what everybody knows the mm-hmm. most and is the most dramatic part of it so yeah. even though the earthquake was a record breaker it was so We've now discussed two of the top three highest magnitude earthquakes in history, recorded history. We, have. we need to get to the sixty four Prince William Sound one yes. one of these days. Add it to the list.
1: So if anybody from Alaska who's listening wants to send us research about that, <laughs> feel free.
0: Always feel free to send research. We've got a couple waiting in the wings for tax yes, season. Yes, I'm yes very we do. excited. Yes, <laughs> it's gonna we help do. so much.
1: Yes, especially during tax season. Yes, send please, in your research. Because I can't always do it obviously
0: well you could (laughs) (laughs) we won't we won't rely on
1: that (laughs) no we won't we won't belabor on that at all so that was the uh 2004 indian ocean tsunami slash earthquake Mm -hmm. this has been another episode of all bad things i'm david i'm rachel we'll see you next week